I don't know, a song like that almost changes your message. But uh, the message is on joy, and there's not, just want to make sure I don't, um, there's not much more joy than that right there, that message. That Jesus Christ came, and he bridged the gap, and he is my living hope. That is, that, that was, that was great. That was great. So, um, this morning, I want to present to you someone that is going into the Marine Corps. He starts boot camp in about 10 days, right? 10, 9, 10, 10 or 9 days, depending on what they do. So, 8, 9, yeah. So, Andrew, come on up. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray for him, as we have done before for others. And um, as he goes into this branch of service, um, we are proud of anybody that has served in the military, anybody that is serving in the military, and anybody going into it. And what you are doing is a great thing. It's a great thing for our country. And I hope that as you go, you represent our church very well. And I hope that, um, that you find a, even a deeper relationship with God than you have right now as you depend on him to get you through boot camp. So, very proud of you, and I know this church is too, so we're going to pray for you, okay? Father, we thank you for Andrew, and we thank you that you have led him to the Marines, and I pray, Father, that you'll give him the strength that he needs as he goes through boot camp, that you'll give him the mindset that he needs as he goes through boot camp, that he'll be able to do it with flying colors. I pray that while he's there, that his relationship with you um, will grow and that you will make yourself very evident to him and that he'll be able to lean on you uh, for the strength and the courage that he needs to make it through. So we leave him into your hands and we pray for his parents as they uh, look to the moment where they send him off and the emotions that will happen there. I pray that you'll comfort their hearts and strengthen them in this process as well. And so we leave this family into your hands and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, give it him. So dad and mom, you should be proud of that. Should be proud of that. Though, I get it. I drop, it's not the same, but it is sort of. I dropped one off at college. I get it. I get it. But that's very admirable what he is doing. So, very good. All right, Joy. Joy is our new series. Uh, today is going to be about four weeks, might be five, but probably four. And I want to let you know that sometimes series um, are messages within themselves. And so there's one message, it's done, one message, it's done, one message, it's done. This one isn't like that. Um, this one, today, you're going to get an introduction, and then the next couple of Sundays, you're going to get the points of the, the message, and then we're going to cap it off at the very end. So that's how this is all... all um, tied together, so to speak. So joy. So if you'll take your Bibles with me and turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. says this. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed or registered. 
This was the first registration when Quinarius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, that is King David. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed, or engaged, who was engaged to, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them, but Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it, been, as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Good tidings of great joy. There's a lot of joy at Christmas time, isn't there? Y'all really believe that? There's a lot of joy at Christmas time, isn't there? Yes, yes there is. And in this story, there, there's joy here. There's joy actually mentioned four times in the Christmas story. Twice is with John the Baptist and his mother. His mother was very excited when he was born. There was also a point where uh, John the Baptist inside her womb jumped at the presence of Jesus. Um, and then there is joy right here, these joyous tidings. The fourth sign of joy we find in the Christmas story is when the wise men see the star. So it says they're joyous that they saw the star. So there's a lot of joy in the Christmas story, at least four times there is. But we've really pounced on that joy because we really want joy. And, and we, we desire to have it. And so what we've done is because of the remarkable nature of this story and what it means to us, there's been a lot of songs that have been written about joy. So joy to the world, the Lord has come, right? There's a hymn of joy at Christmas time. There's a song called Shout for Joy, which is a Christmas, a Christmas song. Um, How Great Our Joy, um, Unspeakable Joy. And then there's some uh, contemporary ones where they take an old hymn like um, On a Midnight Clear, and then they put a joyous kind of tag to it on the end of it. Chris Tomlin does, does that in, in that song. 
By the way, his Adore album is absolutely incredible at, at, at Christmas time. Um, so you could, you could buy that, and I don't make any money off of it, so I can promote it. So anyway, there's, there's joy, right? There's joy at Christmas time. And we get really, really, really excited about that. And for an event to happen to where God has come into the world and became flesh to dwell among his people is a pretty joyous occasion. And the angels show up and they say, we have tidings of great joy to all people. Tidings of great joy to all people. So, we look at that, and we know that it's about the story, and we know that it's joy, but if we begin to think about these tidings of great joy for all people at that moment in time, and then we start relating it to ourselves, and where we are personally, we may wonder... What happened to the joy? Because I don't know about you, but I go through some times in my life where I'm not sure where the joy is. I'm not sure where the joy went. I would like to have that joy back. It is kind of uh, oh, a great time. He's a great joy. Oh. I have had one Christmas where there wasn't joy in the Christmas because it was kind of just blah. Have you ever had a Christmas like that? It was just blah, right? So here are great tidings of great joy, and I want to have that joy, and I know you want to have that joy too, but sometimes where does it go? And if this is joy to all people, here's the other question. Where's everybody's joy at? If you've been to Walmart on Black Friday, there are some places in America where there isn't joy. There's fighting and trying to get the gift. We hear those stories every year, right? If, if, you, if you go to the hospital and you walk through the hospital, you can look through the hospital and you can wonder where the joy is. There are people that, that struggle with relationships and you see it on their face and they... Um, you're wondering where their joy is, where that joy has come. I would like to say just right now that um, there's a 100% chance of rain um, this morning. Um, just letting you know that. Um, I didn't know if you, you knew that or not, but, but there, there you go. Yeah, so, so where is the joy? If all the people, if this is, time is a great joy to all the people, where is the joy? Where's the joy? A couple of things. First, I think that we have a limited understanding of what joy actually is. I think we have a very limited understanding. We make it more simplistic than what it really is. Joy, from my studies the past year and a half, is a very deep subject. It's a very deep subject. I am amazed at the facets of joy throughout Scripture. Did you know that there's 198 verses in Scripture that talk about joy? They talk about joy from a human perspective that has nothing to do with God all the way to God's joy. 
They, it's, it's a broad spectrum of joy. And joy has deep meaning. Um, joy is not just happiness. It's not just happiness. It's something deeper than happiness. I can tickle you and you will laugh, but you might not be happy. Right? I can tell you a joke and you will smile and happiness might start. I might say a compliment to you and it will make your day and you will be happy because of that compliment. But those compliments and that happiness isn't necessarily joy. However, if you have joy, you are happy. Right? But happiness doesn't necessarily produce joy. So what is this joy thing? Great tidings of great joy. So why doesn't everybody have it? Well, one answer is... Some people in the world do not have joy because they've never started a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a lot of people that view church as a religion and just a, a way to do the right thing in life and learn how to do the right thing and act the right thing. Jesus Christ did not die for you and me to start a school where you can learn the right way to go and the wrong way to go. Jesus started a church because you needed to be saved by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You needed forgiveness for your, from your sins so that you could one day be with him in heaven. That's why he started the church. And once you begin that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, you ask him to be your savior, you ask him for a relationship, you ask him to forgive you of your sins, and you believe that the blood covers that, is the moment that you begin a relationship with God, and that is the moment that you are, you will be very joyous. That's the moment that you can actually obtain joy. It, it, it's, the, it's the beginning portion of that, okay? So some people do not have joy because, well, frankly, they do not know Jesus. Second reason. Some people are Christians and have lost their joy. So, whereas when you receive Jesus as your Savior, there's joy that's there, somewhere down the line, something has happened, something happened, and you kind of lose, you lose joy. And then there's a problem. Because, see, most of the time, when you hear a message on joy, you hear people saying, oh, well, you'll never lose the joy, it's always there, you just have to tap into it, and, and you have all that going on. I'm here to tell you today that you can be a Christian, not lose your salvation, but lose your joy. Here's a verse to tell you that. Psalm chapter 51 verse 12 says, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. I don't know about you, but if you have to restore something, that, mean that, that means that you lost it. And somehow or another, you lost it. And so the prayer here is for, for God to restore the joy of the salvation. So, so we can lose Joy. Joy is something that you can lose. Sometimes we lose joy because we do not fully understand what joy is. Sometimes joy is lost because we confuse joy with something else. A lot of people think that to pursue pleasure is to pursue joy. You, that is wrong. Pleasure is not the same thing as joy. Now, if I have joy, there's some pleasure involved. Okay? 
But if I'm pursuing pleasure in order to get joy, I'm never going to have joy. I like to... I really don't know what I like to do, to be honest with you. I, I like, to, honestly, sometimes just to be alone. <laughs> sometimes I just, I just like to go into a room and just be all by myself. Okay? Yeah. I know that's strange. Possibly. Might not be strange. I don't know. But sometimes I just like to be all by myself. And what I like to do in those times is my business. Oh, come on. Right? So in those times, basically, here lately, what I've been doing in, in my little moments is I get alone in my little room, and I have the complete set of Peanut comics. And I open up the Peanut comics, and I read those comics, and it's a very pleasurable experience for me. I mean, I enjoy I enjoy seeing those. I enjoy reading those. I enjoy laughing at those. I enjoy having a good time all by myself with nobody else in the room reading those comics. Just me, Charlie Brown, and Snoopy, I'm good to go. Okay? It's a pleasurable experience, but I'm going to tell you this. As much pleasure as I get out of that, it does not produce joy. Some people produce, uh, try to get joy in other ways, through other pleasures. Some people try to get joy through sex. Some people try to get joy through love. Some people try to get joy through watching a movie. Some people like to get joy through golf. And I've seen those people throw their clubs over trees. <laughs> right? So people like to pursue pleasure. They like to pursue joy. Pleasure is a pursuit of joy. You're trying to grab at something. You're trying to have joy. And you're trying to pursue that. I would submit to you this morning that joy is not something that you can pursue. It is something that happens. It just happens. It just happens. What you think about that a moment? Joy happens. If you pursue it, it's going to slip through your fingers. If you pursue it, it's like nailing jello to the wall. You will never grab a hold of it. But joy does just happen. Some people go after pleasures, but they, they can't get it. Some people pursue joy like this. They stick their head in the sand. Have you ever had somebody that gets upset at something and then they're not joyous anymore, so they begin to retreat? And they begin to retreat? And they begin to retreat? And they begin to retreat? Because they're trying to find a safe place, like a safe place where they can have joy, Right? The problem with that is the more you retreat, the more joy is not going to happen. Joy is not going to happen in your safe place. Joy is not going to happen in your, in your disconnection. Joy is not going to happen in retreat. Some people like to stick their head in the sand to find joy. Some people ignore everything that's around them in order to somehow find joy. If I ignore the facts, they will disappear. If I ignore what's going on, I will have joy. If I somehow do not remember it, I will have joy. Some people pursue joy by making something special happen. Right? 
Okay, right? Christmas is on the 25th. I guarantee you there are people in this room that are trying to make something special happen for somebody else in their life. Right? You're trying to do that. Some people try to make that joyous occasion and they would do anything to create that joyous moment on the 25th of December. Anything. The problem is, whereas they produce happiness, they do not really produce joy at that moment. Because on the 26th, Chase comes up with a bill for your joy. And from the happiness, you go to sorrow. From the happiness in the moment you created for someone else, you're like, oh my goodness, how am I going to pay for this? Stuff We try to create it. So people often try to produce a big moment in, in, at Christmas. I, I, um, and you don't, know, you don't know these people. I know of a family that, that they will um, actually get all the gifts. They will, they will have their family open the gifts. And then in the next four days after Christmas, they take the stuff back because they couldn't afford the stuff that they gave them, but at least they created the joy of the bulb, but then they're taking the stuff back to the... Right? That is, that is like pursuing joy that is human, because there is a human joy. It, it just doesn't, doesn't last. Some people do that. Some people like to try to find joy by reflecting. For instance, I had a joyous moment about three years ago, and I'm going to reflect on that moment. I'm going to see what the moment was to see what created the joy so that maybe I could recreate that moment so that I can have that moment again, and so they pursue it that way. But what they forget is that joy happens, and you can't recreate a moment of joy it's just not going to happen. You're going to reach for it, but you're not going to get it. Joy just happens. I want you to turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. By the way, I double-checked all these references today. So, this morning, I say that because this reference in my notes was wrong and I had to change it, so it's good when the preacher does his job. <laughs> I'm, you can laugh at that. I'm, I'm not that serious about myself. Okay, Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. This is what it says. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Did you notice that he didn't sell all that he had and bought the treasure that was there? Did you notice that? Do you also notice that in this thing, they never really tell you what the treasure is? Maybe the treasure isn't gold. Maybe the treasure isn't silver. Maybe the treasure isn't precious metals. Maybe it's something else. Maybe this guy is an environmentalist and it's trees. 
Come on. This is a safe place. We can laugh at that stuff. Okay? No, it, it's okay. It's okay. It's ridiculous out there. It's not going to be ridiculous in here. So, so treasure, what is this treasure? What is this treasure? I don't know what it is. This is what I know. Whatever he found in that field, he found it and thought of it as valuable. And then he pursued making sure that he could obtain it and have it. So what did he do? He went home to his wife. He said, honey, 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 don't be doing this during the sermon. Um, honey, <laughs> listen, on the way over here today, um, I was at Roger's farm, and, and I'm not going to tell you what the treasure is, but we need to buy that land. Okay, so we're going to sell our house, we're going to sell our car, we're going to sell a roaring Quinn, and we're going to come over here and we're going to give him, <laughs> yeah, I'm just going and sell them. Uh, we're going to give him the money for that land. It is a pursuit of that, whatever that treasure was. And you pursue it by putting it all in. I want you to notice this man sold everything he had, everything he had, to buy this field. We can argue, and I wouldn't do it. If God found you or you found God, I'm here to tell you that God found you first and then you found him because he came out of hiding, okay? When you found God and God touched your heart with the gospel and he said, I want to save you from your sins. Just trust in me. And you did that. You found a treasure. And it's at that moment in time that you needed to be all in with Jesus. You found a treasure. Nothing else in your life matters. Your old life gets sold away. It gets tucked away. It gets put in a closet. It's gone. And you go after Jesus, you're all in with all your heart because he is the treasure. And you go after him because he's the treasure in that field. You change locations of where you are living from where you didn't have the treasure to where you do have the treasure. And you live there. Are you with me, Christians? It is that moment that joy happens. It is not because you have pursued joy. It's because God is giving you joy as a gift. It is a treasure, and you're all in. The reason that we sometimes lose our joy, ladies and gentlemen, is because we aren't all in with Jesus. I, I don't mean to be that basic, but it is really that basic. We're just not all in. We, we, we have this treasure, but we're holding on to all this other stuff that are pleasures that we like to do or something that we're just not wanting to let go of, and we're just not all in. And we wonder why our joy isn't in our hearts. It's because we're divided, and we haven't sold everything that we have in order to be all in with Jesus. Are you tracking with me? So we jump all in. He saw the field. He pursued it. He was all in. Psalm chapter 43 verse 4 says this. Then I will go to the altar of God 
to God my exceeding joy. God is the source of joy. God is. It is not your wife, it's not your children, though they produce joy for you. It is not your car, it's not your house, it's not your job. That's not your source of joy. Your source of joy is God. And when you're all in pursuing Him, that is when joy happens. It happens. And you can't explain it. You can't explain why you're joyous, but you are. You've got that joy down, 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 down in my heart. You ever seen that when you were a kid? I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? You know, did you ever do that? Where? You know, didn't that? As simple as that song is, man, it's profound. And you pursue God. Why don't you turn your Bibles to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. So how do you pursue how do you pursue God? How do you how do you do that? Psalm 119 verses 111. And it says this. Your testimonies are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. That's the word of God. It's the word of God. I know this is basic too, and we're, we're going to get into some other things, but we have to, we have to lay down the basics. It, your pursuit of God, joy. Your pursuit of God's word, joy happens. Are you pursuing God's word? Do you really want to pursue God's word? How much do you pursue God's word and the words that he has given you to live by in comparison to the other things in your life that you pursue? Are you really going after the Word of God to figure out what it says so that it can tell you how to live? Are you really trying to go, more importantly, to the Word of God to try to figure out who God is? I don't know if it's just the place I am in life, but my perspective has changed on reading the Word of God than when I was, even last year. I used to read the Word of God to try to figure out how I could live and be a good servant of him, and bring him glory. I now go to the word of God to figure out who in the world God is. Who is he? What is he saying to me? Why does he want me to know this? Who is this God? To get joy, or to have joy, or to, for joy to happen in your life is a pursuit of God first of all, and it's a pursuit of his word to figure out who he is. And I'm under the impression at this point in my life, in my spiritual journey, that I will never figure out totally who God is, but it's going to be fun doing it. 
God is going to do things in my life. He blesses my life. He does things for me. He gives me strength. I see him working in people's life. I want to know who he is. It's not like I can call him on the phone. I can pray, but I don't call him on the phone and hear him immediately on the other side. Do you understand what I'm saying? I have to pursue him in his word because that's where he talks to me. And you need to do the same. I know, I get it. There are passages of Scripture that are weird. Okay? There are passages of Scripture that you're wondering, what in the world is going on in this passage? I don't even know what this has to do with my life, with God, with anything, period. I don't understand what this is happening. But that's the joy of it. There are passages of Scripture that 10 years ago, I had no clue what they meant. Yes, I was your pastor 10 years ago and didn't know some things about the Bible. I still don't. But now, for some reason, some of those passages, I understand. Because what happens is when you pursue God, God gives you enough of Him and knowledge of Him so that you can know Him better. And it steps... And he lets you know different things at different times during your life. But you have to pursue him in order to grow with him in your relationship with him to get to know him better. And the way that you do that is to pursue the word of God. Psalm 119 says, Your words, your Bible, your testimonies are my heritage forever. They mean something to me. They are the treasure. For they are the joy of my heart. I enjoy reading the Bible. I enjoy studying the Bible. I enjoy knowing your testimonies. I enjoy thinking about your testimonies. I enjoy the Word of God. I enjoy having it in my hand. I enjoy opening it up. I enjoy reading its words. I enjoy listening to it being read. I enjoy your word. I am going to pursue that. And then notice the next verse. It says this. I incline my what? My heart to perform your statues forever to the end. This means, ladies and gentlemen, that the psalmist heart is in it. Is your heart into pursuing God? Is your heart into pursuing Jesus? Is your heart into a relationship with him? This is not a religion. This is not a religion. This is not a religion. I would tell you this morning, it's more than a relationship. It's knowing God and His awesomeness and His power. His power. What are you pursuing? What are you pursuing? There's some of you here today that um, you've, you've gotten away from your pursuit of God. You, you've gotten away of, from that faithfulness to him. You've gotten away from reading his word. You've gotten away from actually looking to him first. You, you are no longer all in for the one that saved you. And today is the day that you need to get back to that. Today is the day that you need to get back to that. There may be some people in here that, that they know that they've lost their joy. Maybe during this time of invitation, you just need to bow your head, close your eyes, and say, hey, Lord, I've lost my joy, and please, during this series, 
Speak to my heart so that I can figure out where it went and figure out what to do. Not that you would pursue it, but that you're telling God that you want to figure out what went wrong so you can get back to what goes right. So in these moments, just bow your heads where you are in your seat, in your seat and whatever God has talked to you about during this message this morning, just, just pray to Him concerning that. Just take a few moments. There might be some of you in here that have never received the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. You've never begun that relationship with Him, but you know that you should. But you've kind of held off. Maybe in your seat today, you just need to pray these words. Lord, please forgive me of my sins. I want to begin a relationship with you. I want you to be my Savior. 